Yo, yo, welcome everyone to Weird Growth, the podcast where we hear about the strange and un- often unpredictable journey that founders take. Uh, the conversation doesn't stop here. If you want to stay one step ahead and unlock access to exclusive insights, thought-provoking summaries of our latest episodes, and a curated collection of valuable resources from across the web, don't miss out on the Ammo monthly newsletter. Sign up in the show notes. This episode, we're really grateful to have Brad Desington, who's the director of Legion Labs, um, which is a brand innovation lab um, based here in, in, in Australia, um, but also the founder of uh, many other really interesting businesses over the years which we'll get into the story of um, and so this is a guy who's been at the leading edge of brand and tech that really nice crossover um, which is awesome for tech founders and and our weird growth audience to have a listen to so welcome brad thanks so much for being on weird growth thank you for having me um please introduce yourself and how have you come to do what you do um i'd interest uh, introduce myself to yeah. people um I'd probably say I'm a perpetual student of business, really. Nice. I think what I've found is my businesses have all been very different in themselves. Yep. Yeah. Um, so constantly learning, learning on the fly. Um, I'd like to say I'm an expert in maybe one area and very much a student in all the other areas of the businesses that I've uh, created and, and sold, yeah. So one of the first businesses that you founded was Rogue Brand Agency yeah. in South Africa. Yeah. How did you get to that point where you were, you founded a, a brand agency? I I went through probably what you'd call um, my dues. I earned my stripes at you know, the big ad agencies and then I, went, I focused a little bit more into more brand consultancies, which is more aligned to business strategy as opposed to just pure marketing and advertising. Yeah. Um, I ended up being head of strategy for a company called Chemistry. Um, and I got to the point where they wanted me to be MD. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I thought I'd just do it myself. Nice. Um, <laughs> Love it. And yeah, I was lucky enough to find a couple of um, uh, angel investors. Okay. Um, and we had an interesting deal with them in so much that they needed something from me. They needed things done on their various brands. They mm-hmm. had very successful business people in their own right. Um, and they probably get a good deal out of the idea of investing in a business that uh, would give them a decent rate yep. for what they needed, but at the same time help kickstart the business and hopefully make some money in the long term, long yeah, term for themselves. So it was a bit of a mixed mash. We had a 20% shareholder and then we had four or 5% shareholders and mm-hmm. then I ended up owning the 60% to keep my motivation going. Nice. And I managed to uh, grow, that, grow that business over a period of time and, and buy them out as I as I was able to. Yep. Um, yeah, interesting business. It's um, what you would probably call a traditional brand consultancy. We did. We were very much a rogue agency. We were very oh. much on the on the outskirts of what would be the pure brand agencies, as well as a bit of the ad agencies. And we kind of dabbled in between and did some really good work. Um, um, and, you know, really in between all of that. So yeah. um, we grew and. Um, it's it, yeah, it became a good success story. It's you know I'm quite comfortable to say that we are one of the happiest agencies in South Africa. Um, really good team, um, really good learnings from that company. Yeah, especially being a service consulting type business, it's uh, it's uh, it's really all about the people. And um, yeah, I think the biggest part of that was learning that those types of businesses grow because of the way 
you look at the people before mm-hmm. anything else. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. The product. Really, yeah. really cool business that one. Yeah. Um, so, what does it mean? What is I guess for people out there who don't really, under, uh, you know, aren't part of this world, what does yep. it mean to be a brand consultancy, and what was the sort of work that you were doing for people? I think really at its essence, brand consultancies help businesses really understand where their true value lies in the eyes of a consumer or mm-hmm. a customer. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses don't really quite understand that. They try and throw everything in the kitchen sink and they kind of miss the point a lot. So brand agencies predominant role is to package and articulate what that value is, position it in the minds of a a, a, a consumer and, and own that in a distinctive, almost their own white space. Right, yeah. Uh, what's what's their special, well, unique yeah. position in the consumer's... And, and to make so. sure that that's, that's not only true to what the business is at that point in time, but also ambitious enough to, to drive... The business to work towards something okay so so it's not just statically what the business is today but where they can go in future give some inspiration as to how they can grow that white space and make it their own and then the other component of that is the bringing that to life it's not just the strategy components it's the how do you bring that brand to life not i'm not talking about logos i mean that's a component of it it's the entire brand experience designing it creating it delivering it and making sure that the clients can take that to market and build their client base um, from that. So our our brand agency really looked at skill sets-wise, everything from strategy to traditional almost advertising-type skill sets to yep. pure brand design skill sets to audiovisual um, and digital skill sets. Um, and, yeah, we, that's how I would define it at least. Yeah, yeah very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a saying that, um, you know, I hear around a lot is a, is a brand is what people – say about you when you're not in the room yep do you agree or disagree with that statement um i i think i think the the idea of what brand is is evolving i think we've gone through a period where at one point it was just a trademark and it was something that was an identifier of a business yeah it was the nike swoosh or whatever yeah i think then when we moved in you know in the 2000s it moved to something that was really integral to every part of the business it was not just about the logo it was not just about what the what the business looked like but it was embedded in the ethos of the business the personality of the business the behaviors of staff it was the driving force behind values and yeah it was the meaning that was attached to those physical artifacts yeah and now i think as much as it is what you've just described, that's almost an MPS score version of <laughs> describing a brand the way that you described that. But I think where it's moving to is a space of brands are meaning magnets that are able to change as the market changes. Mm-hmm. And to be able to evolve their meaning to a market and their, their related value to the market over a period of time. And that comes, this, this is the culture we live in. We're iterating products. We're developing new digital solutions, new features, et cetera, et cetera. Those brands need to keep up with them. It's no, no longer can a brand just be the static one singular idea that you hold for the rest of time. Um, and... It is ultimately, I guess, in one simple word, it's the relationship between you and the company. Love that. 
So a services business, you grew that over six yeah. or seven years. Yep. Um, and then you, you ended up selling that ultimately to a, a bigger player. What was that yeah. process like? Well, I think the the journey of the business was quite interesting because I had to make a couple of big step changes in my own way that I looked at the business, really. Mm-hmm. You know, we had we started off with a, a really small team. Um, in fact, we started off with two people. Within a month, we had three. Within another month, we had four. And it probably got to the point where we got to about eight people in the business and the business was almost plateauing. And everyone was working really hard and everyone was very skilled and and uh, and the business was doing well financially. Yep. But a step change needed to happen in my mind as to what actually needs to happen in a people-based business to actually grow it into some type of formidable force in the, in the industry. And that's where my idea of being less conservative around today and more ambitious about tomorrow came in where I said, to grow this business, let's go really hard on hiring people. Let's get more people in the business and let's back ourselves that those people are going to be good enough to grow the business in itself. And that step change really meant that we went from a steady growth to quite a steep uptick in what the overall value of the business was. Yeah, right. Um, so to the change in mindset and and so was that did that require you to feel like you were kind of you know getting ahead of your skis in a way in in that you know oh, we've got enough revenue to to feed eight people at the moment yeah but if we went and hired if we went and doubled the headcount then yeah does that feel you know scary or like how did you yeah, reconcile that I think accountants would would hate me for this but and it's not really the best financial way to run a business but I kept the business quite financially flush, okay, a good runway of about eight months. Um, everything turned off the lights. Yep. I could still pay my staff salaries for eight, eight months. months. Wow. And at one point I said, yeah, that's all good and well, but let's take a bet on that. Mm-hmm. Let's hire another five people and then you know, three months later, another five people, and then a year or so later, another five people, et cetera. And so we got to a decent amount of people in the business. So at the end of the day, it's, I guess simple simply speaking it's just backing yourself to to get to that point of making to getting your point to where you can sell the business yeah you've got enough momentum you've got enough clients you've got contracts with clients you've got um a, a balance sheet that isn't and a pnl that's that's attractive so yep. yeah that's where we went with that business well done what what came next soul searching mm. um i during the course of rogue um, it came from one of our biggest clients. We had a big multinational um, English bank that was quite dominant in South Africa and they, they would run a, an ideas program internally trying to drive ideas among staff and quite difficult when you've got 140,000 staff in wow. the business. Yep. And they had various systems to try and manage or collect ideas and try and filter that to the top and I, and I just thought it was crazy way to try and manage such a vast amount of data yeah so i had the concept of at the time the business con- or business name at the time was hello idea but it was my first foray into this idea of i'm going to move into digital products i'm going to take a step into that um company ended up being called nectar once i sold uh, uh rogue yeah. i had moved straight into moving to australia yeah <laughs> um so the big step uh, straight into Canberra for the first couple of months that we were here and ended up architecting and designing that, that system, the entire um, platform. 
And that platform that that Nectar and Hello, or at least Hello Idea, and then Nectar became was an idea management system that used a lot of the thinking that you would have in a social media platform and took that into a space of how do you make that a way to create thoroughfare for really good ideas mm. in a business to the people that need to make decisions. And then when they do make those decisions, to be able to move that in that same platform into the sprint type yeah. uh, thinking. Change management kind of process. Yeah, and elements of, uh, elements of change management, but really the antithesis to the idea of asking a staff member to spend hours and hours and days and days developing business cases to take to a board or to their managers to try and get something approved yep so something is a lot more agile a lot more fluid yeah incredible. Um, but yeah, wow. yeah so that was my 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 foray into that i did it's it absolutely product. the wrong way i i learned what an mvp was halfway through ah. de- developing yep. a digital product now this is back in 2016 obviously mvp had been around um for some time we had designed the entire system over a period of about eight months and then we had dev the system over around a period of nine to 10 months and it had to be so long because it was a enterprise grade sure. system so it had to be really rock rock solid in that sense um and that was a massive learning curve for myself i just couldn't couldn't have fathomed i probably wouldn't have done it if i had known what it would what, take what to actually involved. yeah yeah get get really solid systems working in the cloud at security levels that are just through the roof um and then also selling B2B um, or these SaaS systems to businesses as yeah. opposed to in, in customers. So awesome learning curve, but I would strongly recommend nobody ever follow the way that we did it because we were just purely lucky <laughs> yeah. in so much that we designed the, the system. We released it. Our first release was not even beta. It was directly to a paying client. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just managed to get it right. Now, again, purely luck. I've done a couple of digital products since, and some of them have flopped, and some of them have, have, have uh, done well. But I would strongly recommend MVP thinking. What was the shift like going from running an agency where you're essentially selling services to building a product? Um, a big learning curve for me. Um, I think the major, more on a personal level, is going from a fairly, fairly large leader leadership position where you have leading quite a big team to leading what is effectively three three people in Canberra, two people in Argentina, um, and one or two people in between. So it was yep. a, it was a bit more of a, a management uh, mm. management style change. Also, because it was almost entirely virtual. Because at the same time, I'd moved from Canberra to Perth. Yep. Almost did the COVID thing before everyone else yeah, did the COVID working thing. Working remote before it was cool. Yeah, so so that was that was that was a, quite a big change. I think in terms of the learning, um, just deep, deep understanding at the end of this, not at the beginning. Of course, I've, as I mentioned, I started you know, yeah. purely designing, but at the end of this, uh, was really sort of deep, deep understanding of how important empathy is in in your evaluation of how people see a product, use a product, mm. can use it better. I think empathy is so downplayed in every, almost every respective in business. Um, so really putting yourself in the end user's totally. shoes and understanding their jobs to be done and how it fits into their work totally. day. And, totally. Yeah. 
And I think it takes a lot more than just looking over somebody's shoulder and looking at how they might um, play with your system. Yep. Spending a lot of time to understand what level of value you're actually creating versus are you mm-hmm. just trying to teach somebody or trying to onboard somebody or trying to get somebody to use a system. Yeah. It's far more than just the change management process. So, yep, yep, yep. so empathy uh, in product design for me is absolutely number one and every human design-centered thinking or design thinking process will tell you that. Yeah. So again, you built up that business, um, a good client base, um, a nice end product that you that you that you created um yep. had that in the market um did you sell that or is that something you still yeah have yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I sold that business i had a i had a co-partner in that business uh-huh. um, and that ended up being a um a partner buyout um we i i had other ideas of i, I to a certain degree i missed being on the forefront of doing the conceptual innovation myself yeah yeah right I liked almost that pressure of con- conceptualizing something that hasn't come to your mind just yet. And I think the business got to a point where it was in a really good um, um, space and it's, yep. and it's led by a fantastic team um, um, in the, the Mark Agency in Canberra right now. Um, and they're doing some awesome things with it. Um, I needed to get back almost to the forefront mm. of innovation and sort of get that Building going. Building new things from the scratch. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say, I almost, yeah. almost got. I wouldn't say I got bored with it. I just, yeah. I just got to a point where it was such a thorough system that um, I thought I needed to jump back into into the forefront. Yep. And that led me to yeah the next business, you know, which was uh, which was uh, S- September September AI yeah. Labs. Yeah, it was a it has been an, a really interesting business. I've learned so much about artificial intelligence. I took a small gap just to spend some time studying strategy in in um, you know my background's obviously studying strategy and, and business, but right. But um, I took some time to out to study AI strategy specifically to business. How do how do apply AI to business strategy. When was when did you start studying AI strategy? Probably did an executive course with MIT for I think it was about 2018. Um, way ahead of your time. Yeah, so 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 anyway, ended up doing that um and and had the concept of we were fortunate enough to have a bit of a runway. So it was a set up to, I guess from the public perspective, would have looked more like a, a advert, uh, an AI consultancy, meaning we'd go in and help clients understand AI and then build AI products for them, you know, models and so on. And um, the reality it was that it was 30% that, but the other 70% of that was our own product development, our own initiatives, our own partnerships. We, we established a partnership with ECU where we developed some really, really cool tech, yeah. um, one of which was we were able to detect circulating cancer tumor cells in the blood, um, which is cool. really, really important if you, if you can start picking up effectively tiny microscopic oh, one in a million blood cells yeah. um, that are cancerous in the blood. It's quite a big deal. Wow. So, so really it's about ingesting massive amounts of data feed and trying to make sense of it or trying to look at fine patterns or yeah. irregularities in that. Yeah, in that case, it was computer vision based. So we would take okay. a whole bunch of imaging. Um, won't get into the detail, but yeah. fluorescent imaging. Yeah, 
And we're able to identify, again, within millions of little specks that all look the same, mm. which one might be a cancer cell and which one might not be, Correct. which is really important for the researchers. And in future, it's going to be, um, I think, quite quite profound when you can start taking a blood test and know that, okay, you've got cancer. Um, yeah. yeah, incredible. Um, at a very, very minute level. And then we also did some predictive medi- medicine uh, uh, solutions where um, – can't speak too much about it, but basically just in late terms, helping predict late-stage melanoma treatment and, and what needs to go into the, the concoction, so to speak, that doctors or oncologists use for that. Yep. Um, did all of that, and then we did kid, kids' books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Tales Time is something that's still in progress, and I'd love for everybody to go have a look at it. It's very much still a work in progress, and it's still been run by September AI. Tales Time. Tales Time, yeah. Yep. Get it on the app store. Cool. Um, very much, very much uh, MVP. So it's a lot of work still needs to be done. But the concept is really that a parent can sit down with their child, start a story, and then you could say Jack jumps over the rainbow and finds himself in a field of gold. Yep. And the AI will then prompt the rest of the story. Amazing. But at the same time, also generate the imagery that goes along with that. So oh, it's a it's a live kids book basically. Yeah, very cool. We conceptualized that uh, before ChatGPT, yeah, um, and using pretty much the same technology through OpenAI, um, and then using a, a number of other techniques um, that we that we've built over a period of time for that. Um, yeah, we've done that, and then we've also worked with clients to try and find effectively gold under the ground using. Um, um, geophones yep. and, and a whole bunch of things. So the AI business has been really, really interesting learning curve. It's it's a lot, t- lot more challenging than I think a lot of people might um, understand. It's highly, highly da- data dependent. The quality of the data, the veracity of the data, yep. the amount of data, the use case of that data, and then all the protocols around managing that data mm. is is incredibly important. So um, it's it's probably um, not as easy for people to adopt, but I think the I think the world's getting to a point now where they're going. You've got no choice. You have to you have to start plugging in these large language models into your own bespoke data sets and uh, using that in your own tools and so on. So yeah, definitely definitely has been a an awesome learning curve. Um, and yeah, just recently recently um, exited that business. Well done. So. You're in a fascinating kind of cross-section, I suppose, yeah. where you have a deep understanding of brand and strategy, but also AI. Yeah. And that probably gives you a pretty unique view on the world of business and what opportunities lay ahead. Yeah. What are you seeing is going to be the next sort of trend in this space? Well, I think the – and this is largely where the next business is going – is – AI brings one component of solutions to to business, but there's still many other solutions that only human beings can do. Yep. Consulting will be largely um, challenged by AI. What do you mean by that? I think just the vast amount of information that you'll be able to query AI on gives you the ability to answer certain questions that you otherwise would have to speak to an expert or an expert yeah. on. Yep. Okay. However, at least for the near future, AI doesn't really have a very strong ability to interpret the room. 
if you're sitting amongst many people or even just talking to one person to understand not only the context, the direct context of what you're telling me, but also the peripheral context around that, that the AI maybe has not been prompted on or fed through. Yeah, yeah. Human beings have an incredible ability to use intuition beyond sometimes their own knowledge that that the AI might actually have. And... I think where where we're moving to is a space where we can in real time blend AI with experts. I mean true true experts. And that's what we want to try and do with uh, Legion. That's the next business, by the way. Legion, yeah. Um, Legion's really the culmination of really my experience. I mean, it's it's essentially a Venn diagram of brand, product, and, and AI. Um, and it comes from this, the, the concept of, and really my problem statement has always been for this business, is that you can have a great brand strategy and a great direction for a business. But for the, for the most part, brand consultancies only execute brand strategies through brand communication, creative, mm-hmm. marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Whereas sometimes the way to actually bring that brand to life might be a digital product, it might be a new service design, it might be a new AI solution, it might might be... A some form of customer experience, which, yeah, which which communicates that brand yeah. and creates that feeling. And 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 right now AI can't design that. I mean, mm. it can give you the steps and something that's basic, but certainly not nothing that is beyond just a playbook type of um, answer. So where we where we're going with Legion is to be able to parachute in two clients looking to grow their brands. Parachuting in experts in these various fields, be yep. they a behavioral econ- economist or a brand strategist or a uh, mechatronic specialist or a, a digital product engineer, all with the view of creating pure diversity. Yep. Um, and what we're finding right now is that clients are really battling with innovation internally. They they effectively have their day jobs. You're right, yeah. And then, and they often look to outside advice but also outside execution. And the challenge at the moment is really at the end of the day is the cost of trying to bring on a huge consulting firm to try and run a massive project at millions and millions of dollars. Mm. Whereas there's probably or trying to implement it in, internally yeah. where they're extremely time poor or just trying to keep their chin above water as they are. Exactly. And I think there's a lot more value to be had when you're able to bring a diverse set of thought into a very short period of time to give both direction on a particular problem. We, you might be a bank and that bank has a problem um, targeting their clients at the right stage or their products at the right stage of their client's life life cycle. Yep. It might, might be an insurer uh, with a challenge of client retention or churn. Um, it might, And it also might just be pure product parity across a bunch of different industries. Mm. Um, and... What we're finding is that we've, because of the, our, our diverse leads, um, we're able to bring these people together and create that, that real diverse thinking to come up with something new. And we've done that already in the past. Um, we're looking to do that many more times. Um, and that is what I would call starting a digital product in a manual way and something that's not scalable and making it scalable. And not to give away everything, <laughs> you'll know more. But right. um, yeah, we are we're, we're moving that into a global um, product 
digital product uh, platform. Um, we've comprised a number of leads in Sydney, Perth, London, New York, uh, Buenos Aires most recently today, um, Adelaide. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really an exciting time. We're, we're doing two things at the same time. We're, we're doing the manual analog version of, of what is probably a form of parachute in consulting. Yep. While at the same time building a platform that is going to be, I think, quite groundbreaking. You know, it's not a it's not a P two P platform mm. like a Upwork or a, um or Toptail or anything like that. It's 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 more a very structured, well thought out process that a team will take you through different stages and different modules of yep. how to grow your brand in different areas. Yeah. So, so you can almost like assemble your own team of Avengers to go and tackle your own, you know, unique business challenge that you're looking that you're looking to tackle. Yeah. Well, you're in Legion, really. Legion, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's definitely super exciting and something yeah. I'm stoked to be a part of as well. Yeah, and I think so. that's important to mention. You know, yeah. we've um, we've got all these specialist leads, and uh, yeah, thank you for joining the the team, so to speak. Um, it's great to have uh, somebody like you to really drive the growth marketing components of that. And um, yeah, we've uh, we've got some big ambitions. Um, we've certainly set our targets pretty high in terms of the clients that we want to mm. um, create value for. Um, and yeah, early days, but we'll, we'll, we'll be getting there soon, hopefully. You're starting, you know, something fresh again. Yes. Yeah. Is that something that gets you, I mean, it's obviously exciting, but... It's something you look that you. It seems like in your career you run towards as well, being in that, yeah. in that genesis moment. Yeah, it is. I, mean, I love, I love, I love creating new businesses. Even you know, within um, September AI, every time we did a a product, an AI product, the yep. the process of creating the product, the conceptualization conceptualization of the that brand itself even at a product level yeah um the systems around that all of that that yeah I, that that drives me it it um it really really does get me going yeah. um so moving into legion this is a big endeavor it's a big one um it's um it's got a number of working parts it's uh the platform itself is going to be quite robust and again on enterprise grade level mm. Um, I'm excited. I won't say that I'm not nervous. I've always been a little bit nervous with each one of the businesses. Um, yeah, you would probably wouldn't be doing something right if you yeah were ultimately comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and I've also yeah, at the same time you know I've, within Perth, I'm I'm lucky enough to one you know have you know these types of networks with yourself. Um, I've also sit on the board of a a um, a really really good brand agents pure brand agency mm-hmm. here called ideology look them up if you if you haven't seen yep. um that they, they hopefully will be in the fray as well very good business at helping uh companies understand who they are and what they stand for yeah they do some really um, cool work yeah yeah they do some great work and they're really good at articulating um, um that so i'm involved in there at a, at a board level so yeah keeping myself busy but um like i say legions legions the focus and it's yeah uh, on, onwards and upwards, as they say. How do you envisage, envisage we will cut through that busy market of, you know, the brand agencies and innovation labs and all of the other options that big companies have to them to to build these new initiatives internally? What's the, what's the unique factor that's going to cut through, do you think? 
I'll tell you the one part, and I won't tell you the other part. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's cool. We'll leave a bit of mystery. The, the one part's more of a commercial model and then the way of working with clients, mm. uh, which is which is more of an operating model that we'll make bespoke, Yep. which I don't think the traditional service-based model of any firm or agency or consultancy can really compete with. It doesn't make too much sense for them to be able to p- pivot to that. So I'll sort of keep that one yeah, my sleep. Yeah, I think the other is is the ability for clients to know the zone where they might have an opportunity of a challenge and then to be able to, with our guidance, self-select some of the really, really class-leading individuals around the world. Um, we've got some, without a doubt, some mm. of the most awarded um, individuals in their respective fields to come in and, and advise and give some real insight and and not just do the babbling consulting thing. Yeah, so, some global expertise, which you otherwise yeah. would just wouldn't have access to. Yeah, I, and and also at a at a in in a working relationship that doesn't bleed clients of you know ridiculous you know multi million dollar consulting contracts. Love it. You're someone who thinks pretty deeply about the impacts of AI and understands. Yes probably better than most people, what it, what this latest iteration on the technology means. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people who are concerned about, um, you know, that this new technology is going to change people's jobs or take them away from them um, or, or, you know, put people out of business? Not to be a fear monger, but people should be concerned. Um, there are... Um, a lot of scenarios where certain roles and certain jobs will be totally made redundant. Um, there's other scenarios where AI will be, if used right, will be an accomplice yep. and a partner to, say, for example, I'm a designer. Um, if used right, it can help you do more work faster. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully deliver to a client the same value that you would have done in a longer period of time and hopefully be able to have a bigger margin and more time to yourself really yep um so long as that you know stay away from you know try and move away from time-based billing yes definitely deliver on value yeah Alex, our designer, has been frothing on the new Firefly. That's just yeah, I'm sure. By Adobe Fire, this yeah. Week. yeah, some of the stuff in Stable Diffusion and Mid Journey and Firefly. It's it's really some of the amazing stuff. Yep. I think the reality is that people need to look at AI relative to their own context and their own job, and to see where there are potential uh, uh, risks, and then to either work with it or work beyond it. And what I mean is work more into the human side of what. AI can't do some, yep. some of the conceptual stuff that AI can't do just yet. Um, it's the printing press again, you know. Sure, there's a there was a, a time where hundreds and uh, probably thousands of jobs got totally eradicated with the printing press. Yeah, um, all the people were sitting there handwriting out copies of books. Exactly, didn't need to do it anymore. But I think it really there was a time when it challenged people to look beyond that and go, well, now I need to expand my skills or, or look at doing something slightly differently. Yeah. That's probably the soft version of the way that I would describe how people could be concerned about it. I so might, that it's a so that it's a um in, you know multiplier of 
existing effectiveness, it makes us faster and more efficient as opposed to replacing us altogether? Well, yeah, to a certain degree, I think there's, there's probably a little bit more the idea of there are going to be certain things, certain jobs being totally redundant. What comes to mind? Call centres. Yep. Um, absolutely call centres. Um, a lot of development, traditional dev. Software. Software yep. dev. Um, um, elements largely of the creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pipeline between marketing concept generation and marketing delivery, the, the entire value chain is going to be automated through an algorithm of delivering to the right person at the right time while yep. having generative advertising content automated, automatically developed. Yeah, it's interesting because a, a year or two ago, the conventional wisdom was that the creatives were going to be the ones that would benefit from AI because those are the things which... I wrote, I wrote some article do, right? about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's been flipped on its head in a way. Well, well, to a certain degree, yes and no. You know, Even if you look at something like Stable Diffusion or Journey, for example, and you go back to a time in advertising where there was no – there were systems called Freehand and Adobe and all these sort of design mm-hmm. programs. Before yeah. that, there was effectively letter writing and people were scamping things on pieces of paper. And then when computers came about, they thought, oh, my God, now we can – do something that took us three weeks and we can do it in, you know, two days. Yeah. So everyone was concerned with that with that shift. And I think now moving into the use of AI, it's just really speeding that same process up. But uh, nothing's changed from the 19, whenever, 40s or probably more in the 50s and 60s till today that requires somebody like an art director or a creative director to conceptualize the scenario mm. first. Mm-hmm. And that's what we now simply will call a prompt to AI, whereas beforehand that would have been a brief into a art and copy team Got to it. go and go and conceptualize what that ad would look like. Mm. But it's that idea. Yeah. It's not AI is not just going to suddenly create a unicorn flying on a rainbow and selling you Pampers baby uh, diapers. It just does not make sense. So you need you need you need that conceptual link between what is needed for the consumer, what the brand stands for, and what could be an interesting idea, and yeah. then using the AI to bring it to life. But the nature of generative AI is, if yep. you did try to ask it to come up with ideas for a unicorn on a rainbow, it would probably yep. come up with things which should, uh, iterations on what's been done before, because it's all learned on things that have been created in the past, yep. right? So yeah. it's going to probably, um, in a way, like cool, if we were to rely on it for creativity, cool yeah. creativity because it's going to just be more of the same, more of the same porridge. It, it, it is to a certain degree. But again, it comes down to this, what is the, what is the input? What is the prompt? What is the, what is the thing that gets it to do something? Yep. Um, that's my soft view on AI. Okay, what's your hard view? My harder view is, is yeah, it's, it's a legitimate con- uh, um, um, concern for humanity, really. Um, if you, not today, but if you think about this in 10, 20, possibly closer to 20 years, where our data is almost... Um, um, totally proliferated across all systems. Yeah, everything is universally accessible. And AI will be able to hack any other system that you could think of Mm -hmm. if it needed to. Mm -hmm. The I say wanted to. Mm -hmm. 
its ability to effectively create what's called a digital twin of yourself yep. means that I could be having a video call with you on Zoom. It will look like you. It will act like you. It will have your same mannerisms. It will have your same thoughts because it's learnt. It's learnt many times because you've been on many calls. and Yep. You know. All been on many YouTube videos. Yep. yep. But more than that, your digital twin is actually better than you. Because it's not just you as a human being with your collective knowledge in your brain that you own right now and you have access to and sometimes forget things and sometimes yep. don't and so on. Your digital twin now has access to all the other information that is on ChatGPT, mm-hmm. every other large language model, every mm-hmm. other system, and we're really at, we're at the beginning of that. So we need to get comfortable with the idea of can we live with our own digital twins working alongside us and then what do we do what makes us happy as human beings um what fulfills us um and maybe the silver lining is is that we find time to just be more human beings that's the hopeful yeah angle isn't it yeah the um the other uh wild thing is are we already living in a simulation <laughs> and like that possibility becomes increasingly like plausible like you know from 0.0001% to maybe 0.000% that like you can imagine that that is possible right that we are all living in this lucid dream or is that getting a little bit full on no i don't think it's getting full on i mean i know you know the world talks about simulations and and i think there's there's actually multiple perspectives of what a simulation might actually be mm. You know, some people just think it's just one of millions of different types of computer programs that are, and we're just entities within those. And some of them speak at a, at a more spectral or astral version of universal metaverses. Um, I just think we need to live in the now. Big time. What else can we do? If we are in it, if we're in it, we're in it. Yep. You know? Yeah. I think, um, yeah. You know, recently both of us became parents. The last few years, yeah. and I think that definitely gives you a different perspective on the on what life is about. Yep. Um, and being able to, in a way, like relive your own childhood, th- you know, through yep. your kids and see see the world anew through a, a new person on yep. this world's um, perspective is is pretty cool. And it, yeah, it gives me a lot of hope. I think for what the future holds too. I, I I'm a little bit worried for my. Son, I don't want yeah. him to be this dopamine connected True. to a device person. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's funny, I, will, yeah. I will spend as much time as I can just trying to get more tangible things. You know, yeah. sitting on a beach, um, yeah, carving something, making a fire. You know, they do say you know, like the Silicon Valley um, parents are the, are the last people that want a device in their kids' hands on a screen in front of yeah. their kids. Steve Steve Jobs was yeah the main one that said that yeah yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going to hold out as long as I can for my kids, but I think there's a inevitability about it. Yep. If you're going to be part of the new economy, you're going to need to know how to, you know, you're going to need to be tech savvy to some extent. Absolutely. Or are you? Maybe you just need to get good at prompting an AI <laughs> using your voice. You could also go live in a treehouse <laughs> if you wanted to. Yeah. What is the time? number one most important thing to, for me to be doing right now rather than the 12 things which... Aren't yeah. actually critical to 
pushing yourself forward? It sounds probably like the most simple piece of advice um, and most obvious, really, mm-hmm. is that people like to get stuck into building something. They like it. I want to build the product. I want to build the roadmap. I want to build the systems around my business. I want to set up my brand. I want to set up all the ways that I'm going to market. I'm going to, yeah. And they probably only leave five percent of that time talking to friends and family about, hey, I've got an idea about something. Mm. Yep. And I would caution people to say, change that proportion of ninety-five percent of building something. And 5% of letting a close friend say, yeah, I think it's a cool idea, to 80% of the time talking to customers before you've got a product. Because a lot of people don't realize that talking to customers and that 80% of that time that you spend talking to your prospective customers in future, you're actually already marketing a product to them. Right, yes. But you're getting the most important feedback that helps you design something that they'll actually use. Yep. So don't market don't market your product after you've got a product. Mm-hmm. Market it before you've got a product. And use marketing and learning as the same thing. The same thing. Well said. I, I don't think I've heard it articulated that well before. Thank you. Um, yeah, well done, mate. That's I think you're bang on and I think we get excited by the creating something tangible we get the dopamine hit every time we ship a product yeah, or yeah. every time we write a line of code or design a new graphic or a screen yeah and that there are a lot of personalities who you know fire up about that yeah um and and it's different personalities are attracted to different things but yeah. the only way that you're actually going to have impact on building that on doing that process is if you have that deep understanding of the problem that you're solving for yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and the only way you can get that information is by having good quality conversations with, with those people that you're trying to help. Totally agree. Yeah. And I think a lot of times the... Sometimes the problem seems very obvious. And, mm-hmm. you're, and as a founder, you're totally convinced by it because you've, in some way or the other, have seen it and you've experienced it yourself. But sometimes there are angles to the problem that still need to be really thought through mm-hmm. and that if that might affect your user experience or your commercial model or your um your entire approach to product design it's not just always about the core problem it's about the peripheral issues that run with that problem there might be a barrier to entry for a client the client might have a big problem but might have no way to actually engage a product because they've got a procurement issue. Yep. Or yep. all these little subtle securing. five or ten degree things that yeah. you can only discover either once you're in the you have the product in the hands of the customer and yeah. by that stage maybe it's too late. Yeah. Or through that discovery. It's t- it, I, I can't stress this <clears> enough. <throat> Talk to your prospective customers as much as you can all day, every day. And that's that that for me is probably I'd say the, the the biggest uh, um, uh, piece of advice I could give. I think the other thing I'd probably say is it is totally natural to have very, very big highs and very, very big lows. Mm -hmm. And when you're at your very lowest and you feel like you've been knocked down by too many naysayers or 
challenges on getting something done or cost or finance or whatever it is. Just push, just push yourself a little bit further because that's what makes an entrepreneur. Just push yourself a little bit further so that you can get back to the upward cycle of that curve. I've seen that in my life. I've been, I guess, technically an entrepreneur for 14 years now and it has been very big highs and good paydays and very, very lows. Yeah. And um, I think it's important to just know that it does get better the more information you provide yourself and the more you push through. Um, it's probably also a comment to say sometimes you need to just kill it when you need to kill it. Sometimes an idea idea should be killed. But you'll know when you'll it's know. the right time to you'll push know. through. Yeah. yeah. Amen. All right, mate. Last thing that we do here on yeah. Weird Growth is show and tell time. Show and tell. Which is where we ask what's your favourite gadget, tool, app, book or anything that's changing your life at the moment that you couldn't live without. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm getting, I've gotten older, not yeah. I'm particularly old at 39, but um, back in my sort of early brand advertising days, I'd go Red Bull, coffee, Red Bull, coffee, <laughs> Red Bull, coffee, Red Bull. Just and then you'd put look. yourself in hospital with stomach ulcers and, you know, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think self-care is really important. Um, so the tool that I use at the moment um, and a commitment that I've made to myself is to get in the ocean um, every morning. Love it. Um um, in summer, that's a lot easier. The sun, the sun's <laughs> up. Yep. Um, in winter, it's a lot more difficult when it's like this morning, twelve degrees, um, and raining, and uh, which is balmy in some parts of the world, but here in Perth, it's yeah, pretty, exactly, pretty exactly. bitter. Uh, yeah, I must stress that. That's yeah, that's that's uh, degrees centigrade. Yeah, <laughs> um, Celsius. Sorry, um, it's it's hard. It's uh, it's it's a weird way. You start your day doing something quite hard. Is I found quite interesting. You you jump into very very cold water. At least for me, I'm not. Yep. A, I don't have much polar bear fats on me. That's for sure. Yeah, um, not like me. And um, yeah, jump into some cold water. Spend five minutes in there. Ten minutes. Get out, and uh, your day's refreshed. Another tool on that is saunas. Has been quite a quite a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get the blood flowing. And then apps, tools, I love ClickUp. I'm addicted oh, to ClickUp. Really? Yeah, I, th- I just, uh, I think from a, from being able to map out really complex problems and programs and so on, I just think it's getting better and better. Yeah, I've and seen it around a little bit more and been intrigued to, mm. to try it out. What's the sort of... Well, I would say it probably lives in the space of, I mean, I'm by no stretch of the imagination a project manager. I'm, I'm a terrible project manager, by the way. Yeah, me too. Um, it's a it's a mix a mix between a, a type of Asana Monday dot com yep. um, and more document yeah. management system CRM um, and so on. I think nice. it's just I, it's just one of those products. I think you can see that they're just innovating incredibly quickly. They've now introduced AI into that 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 space. It's helping map out my world really. Yep. Um, so yeah, app wise, I'd say ClickUp. Um, Another app. I use quite a few apps to be honest with you. Can't think of the other ones. Just don't we all? Yeah. No, we're going to check out ClickUp. That sounds really um, worthwhile. We use a, we, you know we stitch together multiple SaaS products to, mm. to to run the agency here, but Asana's tends to be at the centre of it because it's about getting things done and tasks. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, if we could have something which also builds in a CRM and a document management system and, you know, um, a team integration or ch- team chat and things like that, it could be pretty wild. Well, that's yeah. pretty much exactly what it does, yeah. Um, probably needs a little bit more work on the inbound pipeline side okay. of things. Yeah. Um, you can still pipe pipe in, probably not as well as you would Asana and something like Pipe. To integrate with, say, Zapier? I'm, I'm sure, I'd imagine uh, yeah, there's, there's, Zapier, there's there. Zapier yeah. sort of links and there's um, I'm sure you can connect something like PipeDrive to that, which I would recommend for. Yeah, I love PipeDrive. The, 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 you know, for founders, smaller smaller businesses at this stage, very simple, very easy to use, but also you know, just modern mm. um, um, uh, CRM system. Yep. Um, yeah, go for that, I'd definitely say. Pipedrive. And yeah, what else? Yeah, I use quite a few of them, to be honest with you. Yep. Yeah. I don't dabble in the likes of Canva and all that. I'm not a designer yeah. or anything, but <laughs> yeah. I do have a team that, that uh, executes that, that kind of it's stuff. It's funny, like, there's a guy, you know, who personally grew up on Adobe products. Yep. Um, and, you know, Dreamweaver even, you know, way back in the day. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's been, I've, I've been dragged kicking and screaming when even for my personal things, you know, to do in Canva. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. I can just do this in a browser tab. Yeah. And it's eighty percent of the functionality that you could yeah. need, um, and I can show my mum how to do something, you know, on yeah. it, and she can use it just as easily. So, wow. it's yeah. it's a lot better than um, than the old word art in a, in a Microsoft PowerPoint <laughs> or something like that. And, and yeah, it's a lot easier to use. So I think it's my, my wife here is a traditional creative director, you know, purist when it comes to brand design and and so on would be. Uh, would be offended for me to say that Canva's great. Yeah, um, <laughs> she'd be mortified. She'd be mortified. Yeah. But, um, sure but, but for st- startups that are hustling and getting it done and getting it done quickly and getting mm. it out there, mm. um, yeah, I would, I would, I'd say use something like that, yeah. Yep. This has been awesome, mate. Thank you so much for being on Weird Growth. What's the final plug if anyone wants to learn more about you or Legion? I think uh, have a look at thelegion.au. Yep. Um, we're in the process of again refining exactly what we're what we're offering there. As per my example of spend a lot of time with clients, eighty um, percent of our time is now spent talking to clients and refining some of our offerings. We're looking at productizing a number of our offerings as opposed to making them consulting offerings. Mm. Um, things like um, AI deep dive workshops to explore. Uh, how AI can apply to business. We do the same for digital products in business. We do the same for service design in business and we do the same for brand design. So creating quite a number of products there um, or at least programs is probably a better word. Mm. Um, So yeah, have a look at that. Um, Yeah, jump in there. Give us a a call if if you're interested and want to get involved and uh, yeah, that's about it. By all means. Well, Brad, thank you so much for for being on Weird Growth. Really great chat. Learned heaps. Um, And thank you all for being out there listening to Weird Growth. Please do subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, on YouTube. Please leave a review. Um, If you're watching on Spotify as well, you should be able to see the video. If you're listening, uh, you might not notice, but there are two camera angles. And get involved. Leave a comment. Have a like. Really appreciate everyone out there listening. Thank you again, Brad. Thanks for having me. Um, But until next time... I've been Cam Sinclair. This is Weird Growth. Bye-bye.